Genesis chapter number 2, verse 9. When they had crossed over, Elijah said to Elisha, Ask what I shall do for you before I am taken from you. And Elisha said, Please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. Hallelujah. Verse 10 says that. Go to verse 10 for me. So he said, You have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless. Somebody say, Nevertheless. Nevertheless, if you see me when I'm taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. Verse 11. Verse 11. Then it happened as they continued on that, and continued on and talked, that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared from, with horses of fire and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. Go on. And Elisha saw it and cried out, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen. So he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and tore them in two pieces. Quick. And he took up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan. Then he, quickly, quickly, please. Then he took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and struck the water and said, where is the God of Elijah? And when he had struck the water, it divided this way and that, and Elisha crossed over. Hallelujah. So now Elisha had received what he asked for. Hallelujah. And uh, last week we were looking at walking in the overflow anointing for ministry. I said to you that there is anointing for life and there's also anointing for ministry. Hallelujah. There's anointing for wealth. There's anointing for marriage. There's anointing for everything you, you do in life. Am I talking to somebody? We need the anointing for everything that we do. But sometimes, a lot of us, we, 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 we are hungry for anointing for wealth. If I came and I said, I'm going to pray for you to be anointed to become prosperous, you'd be excited. But not a lot of us will want the anointing that makes ministry easy. The anointing that makes you become a minister in the house of God is something a lot of us don't desire. And that's how come many of us do not get that anointing. I was saying to you last week that anointing for ministry is not for a specific or exclusive few. It is for all of us. Because all of us have to work in the office of the evangelists. Jesus, when he was leaving, said that, go into the world and make disciples of me. Amen. And he knew that for us to be able to go to the, the ends of the world to make disciples of him, we needed the Holy Spirit. So in uh, Acts chapter 2, 1 verse 8, he said that you have to wait for the promise of the Father. When the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you shall be my witnesses 
in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the utmost part of the world. Amen. He didn't say to just the, the apostles or the disciples. He said to all the followers that wait for the anointing. Because you need the anointing. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I need the anointing. And not just the anointing, but I need a double portion of the anointing. Hallelujah. To do what God wants me to do on earth. Amen. So that is what we started talking about. How to walk in the double portion anointing. John chapter 7 verse 37. John chapter 7 verse 37 and 38. The Bible says that now on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Hallelujah. Now, Jesus is saying that anyone who comes to me who is thirsty, he will receive a drink, and the drink will become, when you believe in him, as the scripture says, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Now, for rivers to flow, it means that it has overflown the belly. It has overflown in the person's spirit to be able to flow out. Amen. So we started last week talking about how to walk or the steps to walking in the overflow anointing. The first thing, the first step, I don't know what I gave to you last week. The first step is to be testy. Amen. It's to be testy. If you are not testy, you cannot receive that living water. The first step to working in the overflow anointing is to come testy. In verse 37, he says that in the last day, he said that anyone, if anyone is testy, let him come and drink. Hallelujah. If anyone is testy, let him come and drink. What does test stand for? When do people get testy? Oh, you're not talking to me. After hard work out, when your throat is dry, when, when you are dehydrated, I mean, all those things, I'm going to talk about all those things. I want you to understand that when the Bible says that you have to come testy, there is something that you should look in your life that will make you know whether you are testy or not. Amen. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, he says that blessed are those who hunger and test after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Jesus in the Beatitudes was giving uh, the quickest way of receiving. Blessed are those, the peacemakers, they are going to receive, inherit the earth. Blessed is this, blessed is that, blessed, he gave so many blessings. But this time he said that blessed are those who hunger and test after righteousness. For they are going to be filled. Those who test and hunger after God are going to be the ones who receive. Amen. Somebody says that the sign of test is dehydration. When do you get dehydrated? How do would you know you are dehydrated? Do you know that when a lot of people, when people are dehydrated, they don't know. They will have to go 
for the doctor to tell them or examine them, examine their eyes, look at their fingernails, look at, you know, the white of their eyes, and then say to them that you are dehydrated. Spiritually, it's also the same. You don't get dehydrated unless certain things happen. Number one, when you are easily angered, especially in the house of God, anything that is said quickly annoys you. It's a sign. Hello? It's a sign that you are running dry. Number two, when you, be, you become overcome with worry, when you are easily worried, you see, when uh, uh, Paul was writing to uh, the Ephesians, uh, that do not be anxious for nothing, but by prayer and supplications with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Are you with me? Because anxiety is a sign of prayerlessness. Uh, are you understanding what I'm trying to say? Anxiety is a worry and anxiety is the absence of the power and the anointing. Which means that you are dehydrated and you are thirsty. Hello? So we have seen anxiety. We have seen worry. We have seen fear. Anger. Anger. Overcome by worry. Anxiety. Fear. They are all signs that you are running low. You need water. Do you know that there are some people who never drink water? They always drink uh, uh, fruit juice or fizzy drink or Coke or Fanta or, or tea, or hot chocolate, green tea, and all those things. They never drink tea. They never drink water. But you see, every human being needs at least two, is it two liters of water. Two liters of water every day. Eight glasses of water every day. And you see, if you go on without drinking water for a very long time, you think that you are okay. You think you are okay because you drink, you, you don't feel thirsty. You don't feel thirsty. But one day, you see that you are, you, the, the lack of water has had an impact on you. Something was going in one level of oil, but he wasn't drinking water. He wasn't having communication with God. Remember in John chapter 15, he said, without me, you can do nothing. That, but not being able to do nothing doesn't mean that you're not doing anything. You're doing something, but what you're doing is nothing. And the Bible says, and Samson wished not that power had left him. So he said, I'm going to go and shake myself one more time. And when he shook himself, he realized that he was dehydrated. He realized that the power had finished. 
Before he could say Jack Robinson, his eyes were out. Hallelujah. So you see, we need to work with science. Are you with me? It's not just doctors and medical people who use science. We also must use sign. A sign, spiritual science must tell you something. If after reading the Bible, you are still anxious, you are still worried, you are still fearful, then there is something wrong with your faith. Hallelujah. And you see, fear is a sin. Worry is a sin. Anxiety is a sin. There's a scripture in, uh, I think, Revelation 21. I, I think 21.7. Look for it for me. Revelation uh, 21.7. And the fearful and unbelieving will take their place with the prostitutes in hell. Look for that scripture for me. No. So somebody look for that scripture. I think it's 21.15. or It's in 21, I know. 21 what? 8. But the cowardly, somebody cowardly. Say cowardly. The cowardly and unbelieving, abominable, murderous, sexual immoral, sorceress, and idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. So when you are afraid, when you are anxious, when you don't believe, you are just like a murderer. I didn't write the Bible. Don't look at me that way. (laughs) It's also a sign that your spirit has gone very low. It means that you, you are running on empty. You know, sometimes when a car is running without water, or you see that there's the, the, the steam will start coming, isn't it? Yeah. And if you don't do something, you can blow a gasket. Hallelujah. That is why it's very important to always come testy. See, it's better to be overflowing with water, drinking more water, than to not drink water at all. You know what I'm saying? It's better to drink 16 glasses of water instead of eight than not to drink at all. Oh, you don't like my message. <laughs> Hallelujah. Feeling hopeless. Oh, as for this, my sickness, it's not going to go. I will die with this sickness. Nobody will ever marry me again. As for marriage, I don't have hope in that area. It means you are thirsty. Because let the weak say, let the poor say, So if you are saying and confessing, it means you have been overcome by Satan and by the world and by your circumstance. That is how come 
His word is not having any effect on you. Hallelujah. When you are irritable and insecure, you know, somebody just says that you, I will use a charm on you or I curse you and you can't sleep. I'm going to use the three waters in uh, some country to, to curse you. What nonsense. <laughs> the water will circle on your head. <laughs> You're crazy. <laughs> yeah. You're crazy. But you see, if you are not, you don't have oil, you can't talk like that. I remember when my father died. And... Uh, after one year, you have to go and do unveil the tombstone. So I went on holiday, and my mother said, the people have this, the, the, the family members were saying that they were expecting my mother to give all the, some of the properties to them. And because they were not getting some of the properties, so they are going to make sure that nobody can come to the village do the, uh, what is it called? They have put a, put, placed a cast on it, on the tombs. On the, anybody who steps there will not live alive. So everybody was afraid. So the tombstone and everything was ready. But nobody who go there was able to go there to do it. Because everybody was afraid. So I just went on holidays. And it just happened that... The, holy, the time I went was the time one year. And my mother was telling me, I said, get the workers ready, we are going. Hey, you are not afraid. Hey, hey you know, we brought the, some priests to come and pray. Said, Nobody should go when they go down there. I said, get the things ready. So I carried the workers and we traveled about four hours. We went there, got there. And then I was standing there. I didn't say anything to anybody. I said, start, this is the grave. Start doing the thing. So I was standing there. And the people, hey, hey, they were running to call reinforcement. <laughs> and I was just standing there. After two and a half hours, they had finished. I said, are you sure you are finished? Do it well. Then the people, ah, they were not, workers didn't know what's happening because they could see the commotion that was going on around. But they, they, I said, do the thing and let's go. So when we finished the thing, did a beautiful, then I went. Click. Click. <laughs> then I said, take a picture. Then I stood there. Click. <laughs> I said, sit in the car, let's go. We sat in the car and then we drove. Hey, he will make it. He will die before he gets. He will die. He will die. Yeah, they all the 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 waters they they catch with about five or seven waters. The waters will follow me. I said the water. If they can cross the road, they should come and let's go. That was about twenty-two years ago. Hallelujah. The water couldn't cross. But you see, everybody was afraid. 
But when you know what you have, greater is he that is in me than he that. But when you are insecure and fearful, it means that the thing inside of you, you are not even sure. Am I making sense? That is why you need to drink. How many are thirsty and need to drink some? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because when you are thirsty, you don't know you are thirsty. When you are dehydrated, you don't know. But look out for the signs. You know, medical will tell you, your eyes, you see that your, your white, the white on your eye will be some way. You know, you have your, the, the, the white on your nail will, be, will go. It will become very white. That means you are dehydrated. When you're having headaches, you know, then it means that very, you move a few steps, you feel tired. It means you are dehydrated. All these signs must tell you what is going on. Am I saying something to somebody? In the same way, spiritually, you must look out for the signs. When, when things irritate you, especially when it has to do with the house of God, the things of God, it means you are very far away. Hello? It means you are getting far. Have you not realized that people who are backsliding in the house of God, they may be sitting in front before you realize they are moving to the back. They are moving to the back because they are angry. Before you realize they are some way. When you say, pray, let's worship them, you see them. When you are preaching and you see them, it's like, the water is finishing. <laughs> the water is finishing. And if you don't top up, it's only a matter of time. Hallelujah. Amen. So, it also follows in what you, you do. You become a bit stingy. And you become argumentative against the things of God. First chapter of Romans. Romans chapter 1, verse 21. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him, nor were unthankful, and became futile in their thoughts, and foolish, and their foolish heart were darkened. When your heart, jump to verse 24. And because they rejected God, or no, let's read, let's read 22, go to 22. Let's read the whole thing. Professing to be wise, they became fools. See, when, when you are in the house of God and you think you are wise, it's all a sign that you are operating in the natural mind. Because the natural man does not, cannot accept the things of the spirit because they are spiritually descent towards him. Are you with me? So when you become very, very uh, natural and very, you fight the things of God, it means something. Verse 23. And change the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. They equate God with things, creeping things. Verse 24. 
Therefore, God also gave them up to uncleanliness in their last of their heart to dishonor their bodies among themselves. Amen. So you see, when people begin to dishonor them themselves, get into all sorts of lust and all sorts of lascivious living, means the oil is it's gone. They are testing. Amen. So he says that when you see Jesus said, anyone who is thirsty, let him hold what? Come. So when you see these signs, the first step is what? Come. Number two is drink. Somebody say drink. drink. The fact that you have come doesn't mean you are drinking. Verse 38, that's John chapter 7, verse 38. What does he say there? John 7, 38. He says that he who believes in me, as the scripture said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Hallelujah. Remember the story we read in John chapter 4. Let's go back to John chapter 4, verse 9. The woman at the well. Then the woman of Samaria, verse 9, said to him, how is it that you, being a Jew, ask me, a Samaritan woman, ask a, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. And Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who asks, who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. And she said, sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get the, that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us this well and drank from it, as well as his sons and livestock? And Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will test again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never test. But the water that I shall give him will become in, in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. And she said, Sir, give me this water that I may not test, nor come here to draw. And Jesus said, Go call your husband. Amen. And come here. See, the woman was ready to drink. She was ready. He said, Sir, give me this water. Someone say, say, give me this water. Or say like you mean, say, Lord, give me this water. It's, it's not enough to know about the water. Sometimes we come to the house of God and we hear a lot about the water, but we don't desire the water. We don't drink the water. Hallelujah. To desire the water, you see, when somebody's thirsty, when you, you are really thirsty, and they say, here is a, a, a brand new car. And here is a two liters of water. If you are truly thirsty, you take the water and leave the car. If you are in the middle of the desert and you have been walking for three days or four days, and somebody comes and says that, here is a Lamborghini. And here is Three liters of water. 
I guarantee you, if you are really truly thirsty, you will not look at the car twice. Unless you finish drinking the water, then you begin to ask, can I go for the car? Hallelujah. See, so when you get to the place where that, all that matters to you is the water that God gives, then it means you are ready to drink. The woman was arguing. You have nothing to draw water with. You are a Jew. How are you asking me for water? How are you going? We don't have any dealings. Are you greater than our, my our father Jacob? And there was a lot of argument. But when she realized that this man has something that she desperately needed, the argument ceased. She said, Sir, give me this water. Until we come to the place where all arguments cease. And we say, sir, give me that water. We are not ready yet. Hallelujah. We need to get to the place where all arguments cease. You know, what, what we have done in the past. All the miracles that God has used us for in the past. We put it in the past. And we say, sir, Lord, give me this water. Until we get to that place, we are not ready. Hallelujah. Because he says that he will not give his... His, he cast his pearl before swine. He will not cast, he will not cast his, what is precious to him. He will not give to people who don't deserve, who doesn't want it. How bad do you want it? How bad do you need it? How bad do you want the spirit? How bad do you need the anointing? Hallelujah. You see, the way the men of old were desperate for the anointing, that is not how we, in our day, because of all the nice things we see around us, we are not, we are not desperate. So we would rather follow somebody who has gone through the process and gotten something small. You go and see and come and tell us. As far as we are okay, we like where we are. No, no. Let us cast aside everything. And pay the price to get that oil. Whatever it takes, let's go for it. Am I talking to somebody? Yeah, whatever it takes. You know, the woman had finished arguing. And she knew that no. This time, I think what this man has is what I need. So give me to drink. She was ready to drink. Do you know that she going to call her husband was a very sore topic for her. Because go and call your husband, open the can of worms. She had been with six men. And the seventh one was not her husband. It was somebody's husband that she was snatching. So go and bring five husbands. The sixth one was... So going to call your husband was not a as a sore topic. Yeah. But you see, when you are desperate, you open up. You open up all the smelly bits, all the slimy bits, because you are desperate. You open up. He said, she went out to the city, to the men 
a woman that she was avoiding, she went to them and said, come see a man who told me everything that I've done. Hallelujah. When you drink and you become full, nothing matters anymore. Hallelujah. So number, number two is what? Drink, isn't it? Yeah? All right. Number three. Overflow in the water. Overflow in the drinking. Verse 39. That's John chapter 7. When he said, living water. Verse 39. Give me the verse 39 quickly. John 7.39. Are you, are you following with me so far? But he who spoke concerning the spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given, but Jesus, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Amen. But what he was saying, he spoke concerning the Spirit. He spoke concerning the Holy Spirit. That if you overflow in the Holy Spirit, it's not just any water, but if you overflow in the Holy Spirit, you would become that which he has asked, that which he has said. Hallelujah. In John chapter 4, verse 14, he says that, but he who drinks of the water that I shall give him will never test. But the water shall be that that I give shall become will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Amen. Hallelujah. So how many have I given so far? Three. Number four. So we are talking about moving into the overflow. Eh? Isn't that what we are talking about? So we have looked at. Jesus and what he said. Let's go back to Elisha. Let's go back to Elisha. Look at 1 Kings 19 with me. 1919. 1 Kings 19:19. So he departed from there and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen before him, and he was with the 12th. Then Elijah passed by him and threw his mantle on him. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Please let me kiss my father and mother, then I will follow you. And he said to him, Go back again, for what have I done to you? So Elisha turned back from him and took the yoke of oxen and slaughtered them and boiled the, their flesh, using the oxen's oxen's equipment, and he gave it to the people, and they ate. Then he arose and followed Elijah and became his servant. Amen. Number four. These are the things that Elisha did. Number, number four. Elisha laid aside his own plants in order to serve the prophets. In order to walk in the overflowing anointing, you've got to lay aside your own plans. How many know that Elisha was a businessman? 
From the story we've read, Elisha had workers. Isn't that true? Because otherwise, who did he give the food to? The, the oxen that he, bo- he, he boiled. He must have been a boss, owning his own business, his own farm. He was a farmer. He had his own workers who were working for him. And then a man of God comes, and he throws his mantle upon him. And as soon as the mantle comes upon him, Elisha realizes that he's dehydrated. He realizes that he's thirsty. He realizes that he has been operating with a very little oil. And he needed a lot of oil. And the man who had just thrown the uh, mantle upon him is the man that will be able to give him that oil that he was looking for. So what does he do? He says that, sir, please wait for me. Let me go and talk to my parents. Tell my parents that I'm about to go. And he said, what have I done to you? If you know the, the, the inconvenience that I've caused you, if you know how, how I've distracted your life, how I've disrupted everything that you are doing, you won't, you won't come and follow me. And he said, you said, give me a few minutes. Then he goes and takes his ox, oxen and kills them, burn their flesh. He sac- it means that he has destroyed his business because the oxen is the capital that he uses for his business. Are you with me? So he destroys the capital. He gives it to the people to eat and he comes to follow. He says that whosoever will keep his life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for my sake will gain it. Hallelujah. So he leaves everything and then he follows the man and becomes a servant from an owner of a business to a servant of a prophet who is about to be lifted up out of the, out of the scene. Can, can you see what I, I, I'm saying? See, if you, if you really want the anointing, you have to be tested. And when you're really tested, you do crazy things. That doesn't make sense. How many, how many will do this? You have a business. Which is thriving. You have workers who work for you. Life is doing well. You are doing okay. Then a man just passes. He doesn't even talk to you. He just takes his mantle. And throw, so can I have some, a mantle? Who's got like a coat or something? Oh, give me your, give me your coat. Your, don't, don't take yours, because this one is already. So assuming this is the mantle. It's a very powerful. Hey, it's heavy, brother. So I, I, am Eli, I am Elijah. I am walking. I'm just walking. Then I threw it. Then I'm still walking. Come, come quickly, follow me. How, how, how many of you see that it, it doesn't work like that? I don't have any conversation with you. I just throw the thing to you. And then you are following me. It means either this person was not 
doing much. Didn't have anything to do with his life. Was just idle. Maybe he was in debt. Maybe something bad was happening to him. Or my presence made him feel that he was very thirsty and dehydrated. And knew that no, I have to drink water than take a new, brand new car. Immediately he saw his business as rubbish. Hallelujah. So one of the disciples says to Jesus, we have forsaken everything and we have followed you. And Jesus says, I think it's Mark 11, isn't it? There is no man that has left father, mother, sisters, children, land to come and follow me who will not in this life receive a hundredfold blessing and in the next life eternal, eternal life hallelujah so you see Elisha was not an idiot after all <laughs> have you found that scripture Mark 11, 20, 10, 29. Surely I said to you, there's no one who has left house. Brothers, fathers, sisters, fathers, mothers, and all that. For my sake and the gospels, that will not receive a hundredfold. Now in this time, houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers, and in the next life, eternal life, hallelujah. And in the age to come, eternal life, hallelujah. So Eli- Elisha laid aside his own plans in order to receive the water. Elisha was a successful farmer. He owned 12 yoke of oxen. That's equivalent of 12 modern day tractors. Modern day tractors. You know how much one tractor costs. So the man has 12 tractors. And the man of God passes by. And immediately he goes to sell the tractors. And he organizes a party for his his workers. Send off party for them. Makes them redundant. And he goes to follow the man of God. Is it any wonder that he becomes doubly anointed? Or has there any wonder? No, it's not. Hallelujah. He was, obviously he was a leader. He was a, a business owner. A rich, wealthy man. But he knew that he was dehydrated. He knew he needed water. I don't know how many people I'm talking to who can feel that they need the water. Hallelujah. Number number five, he did not just become a servant, but he served faithfully. When the master wanted him to stay in Gilgal, he said he won't stay. He says, stay in Bethel. He said he won't stay. 
I am going to follow you to the end. I have sold my business. And you want to leave me in Giga? You want to leave me in Bethel? No, 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 no. Only death. Do you remember Ruth and uh, Naomi and Opa? How many remember that story? Naomi's children have died. There is seemingly no hope. Opa, the, Naomi turns and says to Opa and Ruth, listen, if I were to have children today, would you sit and wait for them to grow and marry them? I cannot help you, so go. Opa cries and hugs Naomi, kisses her, and departs. We didn't hear of Opa's name again in the Bible. That was the last time we heard of Opa. But Naomi says that, entreat me not to leave you. Where you go, I will go. That's my mother's favorite verse in the whole Bible. Your people shall be my people. Where you die, I shall be buried there. No wonder Jesus' lineage come from that woman. Hallelujah. She was a Moabitess. She didn't qualify. But that act of faithfulness, I will serve this woman faithful, faithfully. Your God shall be my God. Your people shall be my people. Where you die, I shall die. I'm not leaving. See, the reason why these days we don't get anointed is we don't have that, that Ruth type of faithfulness. We followed for what we will get. And when the getting finishes, like upper, we do a beeline and leave. But it's amazing how the anointing doesn't come till you have gone back to her land, Ruth's land. You have to get back to Naomi's, Naomi's land. It was when she got back home, still seven, that she encountered Boaz that released her breakthrough. Hallelujah. So when you follow up to a point, you don't get blessed. It is when you go follow to the end. Then shall we know if we follow on to know. Hallelujah. So it's not just serving. The sons of the prophet were also servants. But they were serving from afar. That's how come they didn't get anything. Amen. Let's, let's be ending. Then when he was tested, he passed the test. The Lord has called me. Stay here. He says what? I'm not staying. You see, when you are following a man of God, there will be temptation. You'll be tempted to leave. You'll be tempted to go your way. You will be annoyed. Because men of God are annoying. They are irritable. Even when they are not annoying and they are not irritable, they will want you to don't follow them again. <laughs> yeah, at the point it's like they are sucking you. 
If you allow yourself to be sacked, that's all. You sack me, I'll go and I'll be sitting here. Yeah, from today I've sacked you. Okay, thank you. The next day you come, you are, you come, you are sitting there. Hey, would you leave? Oh, but you sacked me, yes. <laughs> but um, it's a public place. At least I can sit here. <laughs> yeah. He says that the Lord has called me. Stay here. He said, me, I should stay here. And you go. So he got to a place. He knew that he couldn't. Now we have gone to Jordan. We are about to cross the Jordan. Yes, eh, so you are still here. After all the number of times I've sacked you, you are still following. Okay. What do you want? I want a double portion. I've asked for a hard thing. But if you can follow past the whirlwind, Follow past the chariot of fire. Follow in sickness, in health, till death do us part. Then you will see me. You will receive it. Because you see, the unction, the anointing, the overflowing was in the mantle. But the man was not going to drop the mantle until his final second on the earth. I'm sure if you had told him before they got to Gilgal, he would have snatched the mantle and left Are you getting what I'm saying? It is in the seven. See, the disciples didn't get a certain anointing till they followed past the cross, past the ascension, past 10 days after he had ascended in the upper room. That's when the overflow of the oil came. If you are you and I, you probably would have left just before the cross. Or maybe a day or two after the cross. But to go past the cross, go past the resurrection, go past the 40 days that people are seeing him here and there and everywhere, go past the ascension, 10 days after, still praying and still waiting, then you are a candidate for the double portion of the anointing. Hallelujah. May you receive the double portion, the overflow of the anointing. I say, may you receive a double portion of the anointing. Stand to your feet.